0: <clears throat> <clears throat> Namotasa Bhagawato Rahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namotasa Bhagawato Rahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namotasa Bhagawato Rahato Samma Sambuddhasa Udang Dhammang sangham Namasami so referring to the dependent origination matrix and these two um, aspects to it one is the uh, structure so something generates uh, qualities that generate a sense of um, a being. Um, this is a person or, or a form, um, an entity. This is the uh, uh, Nambarupa Vijnana, the consciousness uh, with uh, based upon an object and an activated mental process that's confabulating within that. You know, how I am in this. Well, where I am in this? What is this to me? What should I do? Mm. And this nama, which is um, attention, contact. Something touches, attention holds it. Intention starts, or perception begins to rise. This is like this. This reminds me of this. Feeling, perception and feeling. Pleasant feeling, agreeable feeling, disagreeable feeling. perception. Mm, you know something going wrong or going right or whatever intentions start moving in based upon that perception and all that process uh, the, the experience of perception is something's happening to me and the experience of intention is I will do this except it's not anywhere near as cool and logical as that it's a kind of often a very impacted reactive experience I'm experiencing stress, therefore, there's a reaction to that. Mm. So, this is a structure, mm. and any number of uh, topics can be placed into that. Sights, sounds, uh, memories, um, physical feelings, other people's actions, other people's inactions. One's own, apparently one's own actions or inactions. Mm perceptions of one's body, one's mind, one's speech. All these perceptions trigger his um, volitional tendencies. So in this Nama Rupa Vijnana, it's also expressed as the five khanda, the five aggregates. We have Rupa, Vijnana, uh, Vedana, feeling, perception, sanna Sankara. So all these kind of interacting Mm-hmm. that's the structure and there's a dynamic in that structure which every instance something, contact is made or contact arises uh, mm, it's known it's perceived, it's a feeling comes with that and then the instinctive craving to either have it get rid of it, form oneself around it form oneself as separate from it I am not this I am away from this mm. So in this tanha then upadana's clings or formulates or confabulates or fences in that experience into, another, into the structure again. Here I am in this. So this is the dynamic and the structural um, presentation. So every time something occurs, it tends to go back to that same structural thing. Mm. So where is the, where is the release in that? And mm. it's often said, uh, you know, in the disconnecting of tanha from perception and feeling. Mm. So the sense of and tanha is, uh, these three aspects to it. Um, just to, to absorb into, to to gratify, it's kind of hunger to have, um, hunger to become something, or, you know, or hunger to not become that. So we you know, we try to pull ourselves away from experience, or formulate within experience, or formulate oneself as separate from experience, from the experience that's going on. Be secure, be safe, away from that experience. Or find oneself and formulate and stabilize self within experience, mm. and of course all this is, is takes a lot of energy, you know, and doesn't really accomplish anything um, transcendent. Mm. So it always comes back to the person is the doer and the recipient of experience, and that's a it's a that's a broken model. It doesn't work. Mm. Uh, but then to uh, release the link between um, perception, feeling, and craving, mm, you, have use, you have to use volition, intention, but this is the intention called chanda, motivation, so it's a shift from uh, a very simple holding on or resisting mm, to working with something so it's very much chandra is associated with um a doing actually but it's a doing that is a doing which is uh, moderated reflective how is this how's that mm-hmm. rather than this get it done normally even though tanha uh, gets as active the aim of tanha is to get to the, to the result as quick as possible so that's that blind drive of it. And chanda, mm, just how we, you know, it's much more re, re, uh, moderated. Like it's how, not just what do I, how am I working? Am I working with wisdom, with faith? Mm. I'm working in terms of indriya, faith, is the energy there? Uh, mm. Where's the balance here? So it's like a, a skilled artist or a sculptor or, or a person turning wood. They get their tools and they mm, doodle around with it. Okay, so look at this. Look at the wood. This is it a splinter? Mm-hmm. What kind of wood is it? Fine grained close grained coarse. Hmm. What can be made of this? You know, and like that, just kind of holding something and seeing what pot- potentials it has. Much more careful about. The, you know, the form. Tanha, you know, it just wants the result. Mm. So a craftsperson knows how to also study their tools, and also study the medium they're working in. What is this capable of? Mm. What does this suggest? What comes out of this form? What, how do you handle it carefully so you don't break it, splinter it, wreck it? go too heavy with it, not apply enough effort into it. You know, what's the right way of working with this particular form? And there's a sense of constant inquiry that's not so much thinking, so much as listening. You know, you you. it's a negotiated contact, a negotiated effort. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Too fast, mm-hmm. too slow. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really poised over that. Mm. Tall, not sharp enough. Mm. It's kind of moderating mm. what does, uh, you know, what, is, what are you working on? Mm. So it's uh, uh, you're working on fear, working on pain, working on agitation, working on sluggishness, working on despair, working on obsessive fantasies, working on holding your body up, working on maintaining uh, steadiness, working on, you know, how you actually need to eat. You know, these things, they all work. They all require this sense of what's what's appropriate, what's suitable. Or the word sapaya is the good term, sapaya. So this is mindfulness and clear comprehension before we've really even properly framed, you know, the four f- establishments. I'm just saying because it's much more free form. You know, it's not at the moment we're not really using it for samadhi, we're using it just to uh, facilitate and become skillful at uh, right energy. So here you get the energy is required for mindfulness and clear comprehension is also that which begins to give you a sense of what is the right kind of effort or energy. So then mindfulness then becomes more fully established. And really with this the quality of bearing something in mind, checking it out, being with it, and then how does this how's this gonna work? What can I learn from this? What can I learn from Mm, agitation or the way I walk, even. How do they come together? So it's an all round broader culture and cultivation. This is very much, um, say, life standard. And uh, it's to be encouraged because sort of in retreats, often hear or note, or perhaps because of the way the society is, people kind of working like crazy to the last minute, then jump in a car, zoom over, get in the retreat, Whang! that's the first five days gone. Because <laughs> uh, it's like, well, you know, there the wasn't a sense of preparation or handling tools, and so this isn't a fault-finding mission, this is just a, perhaps an acknowledgement of the social pressures that people live within. Mm and certainly right life is really helpful to be able to mean that one can maintain that sense of negotiating energy, negotiating effort, negotiating one's, one's work to some degree, so you, you're not completely shot, or shot away when <laughs> you go on retreat. Because <laughs> then you end up being in a situation where it's like you're sort of suddenly you're isolated. And uh, generally, though I'm not saying monasteries are by any means perfect, but it's an it's an interesting model that you don't really have. You know, or rarely do you have the full-on retreat like this. It's generally, you know, there's a bit of work, there's chanting, there's silence, there's various duties you do, and there's meditation, there's seeing the Ajahn, there's meeting people, and it's not frantic. But it's a kind of bubble, and you can moderate within that. You can flex within that. Uh, mm, so it kind of gives you something to just snuggle in so you kind of feel yourself moving around you feel yourself okay with other people you feel, you know, it it sort of just settles you in and all the same, maintaining mindfulness and clear comprehension around that and it involves things like um, looking after one's robes and bowl Proper attention has to be handled with care. You don't just throw them around. Bowl is not just a dish you chuck in the sink and wash up. It's <laughs> put in the dish, you know, the dishwashing machine. You have to handle it, you have to sit down when you clean it in case you drop it. You have to handle it. They say, like the skull of the Buddha. So you're like, oh, the bowl. There's my bowl. You know where it is. You always know where your bowl is. So, you know. It's better out of steel, you know, you could drive a tank over it, it'd be okay, but you handle it like it's made of porcelain, because that is an orientation, it gives you a sense of handling something very carefully, the robes, they say, treat it like the skin of the Buddha, it's not just the shirt, that you can, you know, you, you fold it carefully, you check there's no holes in it, you wear it in an appropriate manner and so forth. So these sort of things like this, and bowl one's robes, wear one wear one's seating place, you clean around it, tidy it up, the cooter, you wash the floor every day, wipe the floor down, sweep, look around, you know. Often because there's insects and snakes and rats, so you've got to be that, you've got to be careful. And that's, that's, that's good, you know. So whereas on retreat sure you might think it'd be nice to be a place where there's no insects and rats, so you could just sit down and practice, yeah, but then you don't really connect to your environment. And that means you tend to go into your head. Whereas a place with our snakes and rats, <laughs> when you could, you walk and you're very careful because you open the door, it's like a snake above the door, so you push the door open gently, and you don't walk in for just in case something drops down, you know? <laughs> so, uh-huh, open the door, okay. You don't stomp up the steps because the stairs might be made of fairly lightweight wood, so you could splinter it. Uh, yeah. So and the model originally was living in a forest where you really gotta be careful where you're walking, stand on something, and ants nest. Southeast Asia, everything bites you. <laughs> so you've got to be really respectful of your territory, you sweep around it, and so forth. Yeah. Now, and then, uh, uh, you know, the sense of respect around the routines, you just turn up routines and so forth. Just because you're just kind of bonding or bedding into the field. And generally there's room within that. You know, one of the big things is sweeping. Most is always sweeping. It's a beautiful thing to do. Because it's a lovely sound, the shh, shh. It's nice swishy broom. And so the body moves fluidly with the sweeping. you you, It's got a long-handle broom. But, um, you know, the tendency is to sweep up and get this done. So you you click up a whole cloud of dust and uh, disturb things. So you sweep carefully, even supposed to sweep your path so that the leaves and debris come into the centre then you scoop it up otherwise you tend to create a, a furrow in the earth. Hmm? If you'd keep sweeping so you kinda of have particular skills around sweeping. <laughs> and sometimes you've got a broom which has only got, you know, three prongs in it, so you how to handle that depending what the broom is about. And so you're not sweeping load of dust onto the other people who are sweeping. So you work around that. And it's always a sense of there's a moderation within the field. Yeah. The field both in the present moment. Also, in the monasteries, you've got a strong sense of, well, this is what the Sangha does or did before me. Therefore, we respect that. Of course, it has its, uh, its drawbacks, kind of tendency to get stuck uh, and rigid. Mm. But, yes, kind of, what one can perhaps glean from that is the Buddha saying, well, one of the ways in which the asava are removed is through through using. Mm. Careful using, so using, not, not using, but using the requisites. So this is one of the ways in which the asava are removed. So one uses the requisites not for vanity, not for fascination, but use them as with care, caringly, sensitively, aware of their fragility, aware of their use, aware of their impermanence. So they're handled with care. And you have a sense of attending to form for the sake of form, that is, may this floor not get stained, rather than I should be more intelligent, <laughs> Yeah, you know, rather than I should be more careful, we get paranoid, but it's like attending to the form rather than the person, mm-hmm. see what I mean, because this is this person, you know, as it withdraws from the world, as it draws from contact in order to have something pleasant, in order to f- formulate around its attitudes generates this escalating sequence of persons. There's the person who's doing it, the person who's criticizing themselves for how they're doing it. There's another person who's trying to be, get away from the critic, who's criticizing the first person for what they're doing. There's another person who's trying to figure out a strategy on how to get away from the person criticizing the person who's doing it. And there's a person who wants to give up altogether because they're fed up with this whole thing. and so on, and they just keep escalating, you know. Geez. And so, this is where you, you know, you can't create another person to get out of it because th- the same thing just keeps on going. So instead one just goes back to, these are hands. They hold a broom like this. They sweep the floor like this. <laughs> Doesn't have to be good, <laughs> it's just Holding a broom, how much effort you need to hold a broom. You know, what's the right way to move your body? Oh, mindfulness and clear comprehension. What's the way to eat your food? Mm. You set it up, food has been given, feeling of receiving food. Oh. So one of the duties in summer life is you, you, one must Make an expression of blessing to the food. It's a good thing to bear in mind. The food has been received. We cannot create food. It's been come from the earth. Oh, how vulnerable I am. I've been given food. And check in wide in the field of one's reflection. And then using it carefully then finishing, cleaning up, tidying up, putting things away. That's that's finished. And There's a sense of the harmonious process around eating a meal. And you get not obsessive about, well, you could get obsessive about all the details, like how much you need to eat and stuff. But the idea is to tap into the sense of flowing in harmony with not so much the person, but with the objects themselves, appreciating the objects, the rupas, the forms, and how do I handle form? What's the careful handling that a form is handled most suitably, most sapaya, most with awareness of its fragility, aware of its impermanence, aware that it's arisen, it's what it is, and how to respond to this. Mm. Mindfulness and clear comprehension. Comprehension, or uh, sampajanya, suitable, suitability, Um, resort, that is one attends to that which is uh, um, a suitable object that one can abide with, one can stay in the presence of, so it's not... um Arousing huge amounts of unskillful states. You see, gochara. Comprehension as to its um, nature, that is, it's changeable, it's impermanent, it's not self, it's what it is, it's like this. Uh, One has this uh, non-delusion as to that. And um, continuity, sustaining presence with that one they were to stay with it, return to it. Mm. These are the four aspects of sampajanya, clear comprehension. And there's something about, you know, when we're living a life within a certain um, boundary, which means you get to know the objects with that boundary, uh, and you know them. Aha, uh-huh, there's that one. This is the waking up experience. This is the getting out of bed experience. This is the you know, using the room. This is how you start to... You know these are set pieces, and particularly on a long retreat, you have a chance to orient around some of these set pieces and the suitability. How do you prepare yourself for the morning sitting, the morning puja? Mm. So you come into it, How how do you chant? How do you open your body up so you can make the sounds? And you listen in, so you're in tune with others. These are not excruciatingly, you know, powerful efforts, but there's a sustained, attentive careful attention gives rise to this Oh, that's about right. Sampajanya. That's about right. Hmm. And when it's right there's a sense of lightness and disengagement. The gripping person, the rushing person, the stymied person, the shut down person, the tangled person doesn't have to get formulated because what's arising out of skillful contact instead is something transpersonal. Mm. Viveka, is the word viveka non-engaged? Non-engaging, unskillful state, a certain spaciousness um, is one of the qualities that begins to manifest. You can't make it, but you can set up if the basis that generate or that condition the arising of this particular experience. And that's causality, uh, conditionality rather than simple causality. The difference being that causality means I do this, I get that. Conditionality means if I engage in this way, these conditions are more liable to to come around. They kind of, they come into the field, but it's always, uh, the conditionality means that the nature of what one's working with has to be apprehended. So it's not just, I want this, I do that, but, uh-huh. I'm in this state, this is the material, how do they meet? Where's the negotiation in that? Okay, so it's not too hard, not pushing too hard, not pushing too fast, not engaging at all, not disengaging but from the object, but engaging with a sense of no result. Not searching for the end at the moment, I'm just searching to meet, find a way I can meet experience. And trust from that, skillful meeting, or deep attention, comprehension arises, or Sampajanya arises in the sense of balance. And then, oh, the fever has stopped. The pressure is released. It's just doing it, it's just being it. Something has not arisen. The person hasn't arisen. Hmm. Um, so this is this is actually um, very available because it's always about meeting conditions in harmony, and so certainly, you know, in my own field. There's lots of the, the kind of set pieces are often are going to. Ceremonies, rituals, listening to Dhamma Talks, giving Dhamma Talks, uh, being with people, and so forth. Very, you know, some set pieces there. And, well, uh, oh, believe it or not, you get bored sick of them for a while. <laughs> 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 well, you can do it, The I can do that indeed. Uh, regrettable, but... Because uh, uh, they just, just they keep doing it. So the mind begins to relax. Just doesn't have to be interesting. Doesn't have to be new. Oh. Just this. Kind of emptying. So when I go go to Thailand and part of that will certainly be going to be in group occasions and be, there'll be a series of teachers giving talks can't understand a word of it sitting on a hard floor sitting there and listening to the sound the music of the voices you know that, that sense of what have I got what have I got to do with me am I wasting my time am I showing sure something I've heard what's going on so long, talking about this and the other, it's just stirring my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. Sound, voices, people. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> they widen. You know, since this is the situation, the body sitting here, sounds, space, silences, different effects, some people are laughing, some people are obviously enjoying what's going on. There's a certain sense of, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, And it certainly requires a particular energy to keep placing one's awareness, one's attention back, well, awareness, actually, just the sensitivity to, this is where I generate least stress. This stress gets generated here. Yeah. And then the quality of ceasing of suffering is something to be touched into mm. now I think we're all quite good and graphic and at describing our suffering um, so that becomes almost hypnotic as if you know getting more detail on that. Really, you want to also recognize where's, where's the, the moments or the times of some increment of non-suffering. There was no suffering in opening the door. There was no suffering in standing up. There was no suffering in putting my socks on. You know? So, <laughs> but did you notice where there wasn't, you know, you were do- something was happening, you were definitely doing something, and yet there was no, Pressure, no push, it's just you put a sock on, you've got to know where your foot is, don't get your toes, get the right app, you know, snuggle it down, pull it on. Okay, well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, you see the whole, when you look at a whole day, you're trying to touch into that um, skillful relationship where the mind actually is handling things carefully and deepen that. You know, make everything a practice. Mm. And actually of all you know, of all practices sitting still is probably the most challenging. Mm. Cause there's, there's really just, you know mostly the mind dominates in sitting. And uh, there's not much you can really counterbalance it with. Body posture, yeah? Open your eyes. You can intone a, a mantra to yourself. Keep your eyes open. And that's about it, really. Apart from The rest of it's up to your mind. So it's always understood, in, you know, that you do it before you do that. You want to do other things that begin to make the mind a little more less hypnotically obsessed with its um, feedback loops, with inner generations of things. Now, of course, you know, certainly it's the case that whatever one does, those particular energies will tend to follow it. And you become obsessive sweeper or self-critical about opening doors or, you know, it can happen, but it's generally You've got something definitely there that you can sense, you can get a physical reading of. This is suitable. This is about the right speed where things feel harmonious. When things are, when there is sati, mindfulness, and Sampajjana, clear comprehension, then certain thing can be, or result from that one, is a disengagement from unskillful states. Mm. So we use personal events, my body, um, my energy, my requisites, my room, you know, definitely things that are specific, personal to this time and place, um, my mind, how that works. And you kind of want to uh-huh, listen, learn from that. Uh-huh. And then start to pick up forms, such as chanting form, walking form, eating form, um, resting form, working form, uh, um, puja form, Mm. to begin to generate transpersonal factors. Transpersonal factors, mindfulness, and clear comprehension is transpersonal. It means it's not just, uh, um, it it arises from the person engaging skillfully with clear attention and something, a quality arises. Balance arises. And the transpersonal factors, then, as one trusts them, feels more fully attuned to them, begins to go against one's habits with them. One's carelessness, one's rushingness, one's temerity, one's doubt. Going against those personal habits, the transpersonal factors, give you a place to be held by and the personal stuff is not fed, therefore it begins to fade out. That's the that's the mode. You see? So you can't get rid of a person, because who's going to get rid of it? Another person. <laughs> so it's not the blind personal action of tanha, where the person has to be the, the doer. You come into something, you could say impersonal, but um, whereby generate mindfulness and full awareness, uh, clear comprehension in action, always do what's occurring, learn to moderate one's energy so your intention has to be in line with you know how what the form is about and mindfulness and clear comprehension will result because it's a negotiated mutual thing for example you know simply i'm learning to live with a robe like this it takes some learning you know because there's no buttons, no zips. No zippers, no buttons. No hooks, no catches. The thing is held on <laughs> An <act> of faith, <laughs> <laughs> And there's limitations on what you can do with it. You, know, you can't climb trees. You can't bounce and jump. You, know <laughs> you can't do all kinds of stuff because the thing falls off. So even to get it on requires a certain amount of Your hands begin to know how to do the proper, forming a roll and flicking it so as it lands over your shoulder properly and then you kind of get it so as it comes around your body. It's a lot more, takes a lot more engagement than than just popping a pair of pants on and pulling them up. You know, you gotta, you gotta work with it. (laughs) Uh, uh. So, they often get very frustrated Oh, dang thing, how does it work? Oh, What a really stupid thing! We just wear jumpsuits instead, <laughs> 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 and then I can't kind of do what I you know. I've got to walk around tight. But after a while, it's amazing how it, it starts to fit, and you can do, you can actually move around quite quite freely with it because your body has learned something. in Your body has learned how to both get it on, how to hold, how to sus- keep it there, and how to moderate the movements that you'd make so you can make quite a few movements but you have to do them a little more smoothly because the thing is not held on by anything other than your body so your body has to learn how to operate within this sheet without dropping it whereas if it's all buttons and zippers you don't need to do that the, 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 the cloth is held there by those mechanisms when it's not held there by the mechanisms the only thing it's held by is your body. <laughs> so, you know, after while the body starts to know, the shoulders and the movements of the legs, and, and it sort of fits. <laughs> but it takes a while uh, uh, to learn that. So often, you know, new monks, are pathetic creatures, because every time they bow, their robe falls off, when they start off, their robe falls off, when they pick something up, and it got looked so frustrated trying to hold it on tight. You, know, you just say, oh, yeah, five years it'll be okay. <laughs> 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 you know, there's no way you can, you can't explain it. You just do it, do it, do it. And you see others have done it, just do it, do it till it seems to fit and flow. Your body begins to know it, you know. So that's kind of like an example of something that is not convenient. Not instant, not immediate. And it's like, that trains you better than stuff that you can just switch on. It trains you better. You've got something in you, not just your thinking mind, but your whole embodiment has to start to operate how much, how vigorously you move, how much energy you have. And it kind of moderates everything. So your body starts to learn on some, you know, pre-rational level how to operate within this. Hmm. So, i you just know, saying, you know, meeting a form, uh, chanting, you know, how to, how to use these forming sounds so it's in line with your breath rhythm, you know, anxious about the sound of your voice, maybe it's not so strong this morning, because it can change, maybe you a bit throaty or hoarse. Okay, just do it softly, let it come up. Open your chest, relax your shoulders, and listen to the sound, and just come in as you can, just like that. And so you're negotiating energy, negotiating that. And that, there's mindfulness and clear comprehension as the chanting. Mm. Mm. And then the end of it, and it's just all gone. The objects fall away, and all's left is a sense of balance, poise, openness. You sweep it away. It was just the playpen. You know, it's this sandbox. It's move stuff around, doesn't matter. It's all just stuff, and then at the end of the day, blow it out. and What's left? What's left is the space. Then the certain brightness within that. What's left is the result of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Certain unskillful states have been not engaged in. The pressure to get it done. The fear about getting it wrong. The being agitated, why do I have to do this? Uh, The, you know, Speculating. Mm. Must be another way, you know, why can't we change the road? Why can do something else? It'd be easier. Mm. Stop. <laughs> it's not what it's about. Because mm. this is all just stuff. And it changes and it passes. So what can we learn out of this? Mm. How to engage in order to disengage. How to engage with forms Experiences, effort, energies, activities, silences, people, group contexts to disengage from unskillful states, unskillful energies, unskillful attitudes, unskillful bases. Most unskillful one being, this should be the way I want it to be very un very unhelpful <laughs> something to be learned here something to be adjusted here hmm? This is the way that these, um, the taint or the asava, the impetuous or the faltering, the habitual tendencies are successively starved of food. You don't break, get rid of, annihilate the person. You find another way to operate that works better and the person Gradually fades. Mm, what's left? Detachment, well, just, you know, open space, dispassion, emotional balance. Not, you know, it's an emotional balance. Cessation, the ending of certain habitual tendencies, views, bases. Relinquishment. Nibbana. Mm. The bases that are to be as we investigate, follow a process, to see the the baseline can be I am. (laughs) Uh, Therefore I am, I want to be. I want to be enlightened, I want to be this, I want to be that. I am. And that's no basis. It never has worked. Relationship is the basis that gives us another orientation. And this, of course, is, um, you know, when the rest of the world is very much uh, saturated with I ams, proclaiming, grabbing power fame, success, winners, enemies, great guys, bad people, you know, really hard-edged I ams, massively egotistic fame, images, power. And, you know, average person is getting modelled around that. And then within that you can begin to almost feel the atmosphere of all that, the competition and the edginess and the uh, ugliness of it all. But you're not trying to eradicate yourself, just finding an orientation that serves your heart a lot better. And this is the foundation. Mindfulness and full comprehension. Take an object, it could be refined, it could be a breath, how your breath actually works in your body, what it really does. Mm. What kind of space you need around that to, to find, to be able to balance with that, so you're not too tight. What kind of intention is necessary, so you're not demanding, uh, just to follow something, and if you can't, if you can't get those things lined up. Then you just back off. Mm. You find another object, whole body, walking, standing. Because the important thing is to get what's sapaya, what's suitable. And when it's suitable, you know it's suitable because you start to feel the quality of presence. There is stability. There is the beginning of balance. There is the disengagement from obsessive programs. And one feels uh, something is in flow. Confidence arises, faith arises. You get to understand energy. And the kind of energy and the specific applications that are necessary to get a sense of purpose or sustaining so that mindfulness can find the focus that's suitable for you. If you're doing for example if you're doing walking meditation, just be aware walking, you know. It's like there's the ground, the space around you. All those cannot be removed from the act of walking. You have to have earth underneath you, floor, noticing how your feet touch the floor, the space, uh, harmony, because there's no separation from context. And this is exactly what the self tries to do. Become independent from its context, and the fundamental of all relationship is: one's always, mind is always contextual. You know, so, turning from the subject of the context to the context itself, and then what's the harmonious balance in here? This will be for the welfare of the chitta. Aum. And I, um...